All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me, with me as always, styling and profiling, Brandon Newman. Brandon, you look good today. Thank you, Mike. You look good every day. Are you ready to two-minute drill this mother effort today? I think I am, Brandon, and by two-minute drill, I'm assuming you mean just the two of us. We can make it if we try, because it is a Mike and Brandon <laughs> show today on Gojo. And I bring up how you look, Brandon, because as we are going to get to what's going on in the rest of the show, Kevin Durant and the Nets finally kind of ended their whole charade for this offseason. Nick Saban got a massive payday, and yep. maybe one of the weirder headlines in the world of music I've seen in quite some time all things we want to get to today but we can talk about what we look like because we're on youtube now <gasps> oh yes yeah yes, so Michael. in addition to being able to download subscribe rate and review gojo wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five-star rating and a review you can now head over to the DraftKings youtube page make sure you subscribe there and then when you go and look at their playlist Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. now has its own playlist on there. We're going to be working hard to get a lot of the videos uploaded there. Give us patience. It's early on. This is new for us, and it is a lot of work for Brandon. So <laughs> just yes, have some uh, patience. We appreciate that. It's. It, I think people, it's a normal cadence right now to be one day behind with the video. So right now, we're just one day behind with the video. Audio, same day. Video the next day. If you want to see our beautiful faces, say our beautiful takes, well, Mike's beautiful takes and my bad ones, then you can go and subscribe, as Mike said, to DraftKings. You're welcome. Thanks, Hank, for getting us up there. Yes, we appreciate you, Hank. And for everyone helping get us to this point, we're very excited. So, again, DraftKings YouTube page, 
the Gojo with Mike Gola Jr. playlist under there. And we'll be getting plenty of stuff. There's videos of our conversation and our podcast with Charlotte Wilder already up there. The discussions about the Manti Teo documentary and plenty of other things. Our Rose is coming off the weekend. So we're very excited about that. We're also excited because it means we get to do dumb stuff like this. So Brandon, uh, before we get to the big story in New York, we have to get to the other story in New York because we saw the viral video of a Yankees fan caught in the stands turning a okay. hot dog into go ahead. you're gonna correct me already i was gonna what say i, I was gonna say a very i was gonna say a very drippery no you had everything right and i apologize for cutting you off and i'm gonna do less of that he was dripped out he was he was a very drippy swagged out yankees fan mike i just wanted to mention that that this man was wearing a a ralph uh, a polo ralph Lauren. Uh, Yankees hat. He had on some uh, Jordan ones that matched his khakis. It was one of those things where, like, in, in New York, it's like, is he wearing bummy clothes or is he dressed very well? I think he's swagged out pretty well. I just want to, I just want to put that in context while we talk about what this, what this gentleman did. Yes, absolutely. It's great context, as is the fact that the Yankees got a 4-2 win over the Mets, and Aaron Judge is still absolutely beating the piss out of uh, baseballs. All that yes. stuff is normal right now well maybe not the Yankees winning and doing well that had kind of been a tough one lately but this fan at the Yankees game was caught on camera turning a hot dog into a straw for his beer in the stadium and there have been a lot of takes on this over the last couple of days being the mayonnaise guy I got tagged in a lot of this stuff and I'm gonna be honest Brandon when I initially looked at it it was one of those flavor combinations where I said now I could see this kind of making sense. I actually don't think this is going to be overly terrible. Hot dogs and beer get drank and ate together all the time. And so what's the harm in just getting them a little bit closer together? And so... Oh, I'm 100% with you, Mike. I saw that and I was like... It was one of those things where like, have I done that before? Or do I just really think that's a great idea? Right. It's innovation. It's what we love yeah. to see, especially at sporting events. Baseball games, I feel like, are unique. As I am getting ready next week to go back to the Hartford Yard Goats for Mike Golick Jr. bobblehead night, which still feels weird to say Woo-woo. and will be even weirder to do. Shout out to the Yard Goats for that one. That's a stadium and a ballpark known for food innovation. They're Dunkin' Donuts Park. They put a bunch of chicken and donut combination dishes together and make it really interesting. And I feel like every baseball park kind of loves that. This dude said, nah, I don't need the fanfare and I don't need something already made. I'm going to do bad all by myself. And so it made us think, and I know we're not the only ones to do this. I think I saw Big Cat and those guys on the Yak do this already. So spare me the copycat stuff here. We're just fans of trying new things out. Brandon and I have found what we could in our homes brandon has a chicken sausage and i have a banana now brandon what's your beverage of choice because i want banana and (laughs) rosé mike i didn't realize that we were uh we were customizing our foods i'm sorry i was uh, a fly was trying to get my chicken sausage try to uh swat it away for our for our viewing and listening audience um I didn't realize we were switching. Up. I was just going to drink water with this, but now I feel like I need to pour me a, a tall glass or something. Yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you want in this. So for the non-YouTube audience here, we're going to try and make these straws real quick out of this. I just wanted to see for science sake, one, if I could work this straw through a banana without breaking yeah, it. Yeah, because it's bending. And, yeah. Yeah. He's, okay, Mike's slowly working it's, it from the bottom of the banana. He 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 bent it at a nice time where the curve happened. It's I, it really Mike, sounds weird when you say all that. All right, I got a pretty, I got a pretty, I got a pretty good hole in this banana. Let's see if I can make this happen. Okay, 
So listen, wait, wait. Here's let me say this real quick. I thought that it, the weirder thing about doing this is you need a straw to do it. So you have to be pretty committed, yeah, to drinking the thing, the thing yes. through. The you've food. already got a straw. You've just decided that you want which edible straw is totally normal thing, right? Like especially when you think of desserts, any sort of chocolate straw or something like that. All right, you want me to wait for you in the chicken sausage no. here? Do you want me to do no, this? You, 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 you banana your rose. All right, hold on. Here Banana straw, your rosé. Oh, that works really well. <laughs> that worked really well. <laughs> Surprised you got you in the back of the throat. <laughs> a little bit. Honestly, I was not prepared for this. I'm also, I'm going to tell you not prepared. Live as we're recording this right now, I looked out my window that I still had open, and there's a young couple of parents walking up with their child on a baby Bajorn that 100% just made eye contact with me as I was slurping rosé through a straw. Oh, man. They know what time it is. I'm sure they're online out there. I wonder oh, if it makes gosh, the Mike, banana taste better. Mike, you actually, that was smart. I, th- I thought you would sip through the pointy part, but you sipped through the base part that was ripped. And that, it looks like it's, it has a really good, really good process there. Honestly, again, if we're going to do potential flavor combinations of edible straws and rosé, and at Gojo Show on Twitter, download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Yes. Let us know the best potential combination for a food straw and a drink. Because again, I think beer and hot dog goes together really well. I now think banana and rosé go together pretty well. Maybe banana and any wine. It's sweet, especially. So a nice summer wine like this, probably going to do decent numbers. But... I'm open to other options. Yeah, I'd imagine the banana, um, the darker you get, the more difficult it may be. Maybe more ripe banana for the darker reds might might pair well together. I will say for me, I have this straw here and this chicken sausage. Now, now I want to say I thought I did this before because I have commonly used food as a straw in my life. Uh, So, like, what's your most notable example? I mean, there's been a day in the life of Brandon Newman who has stumbled upon a churro that isn't filled with caramel, caramel, however you say it, chocolate, and is just uh, empty and hollow and waiting to get put into the bottom of some cereal milk. So Mm. I've done done cereal in in a churro, drinking some some milk. Um, Anytime I'm anywhere and a food straw is an option, I've ran at it. In high school back in the day, uh, the um, Sour Punch straws, I used to dip those in my little uh, McDonald's drink. I used to mix uh, Powerade and uh, High C, the orange High C at McDonald's oh, yeah. back in high school. Put the little uh, the the straw in there. The the salt dissolve. I mean, the sugar dissolves in a nice little nice way. So listen, this I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. This is my first time doing this though, and I am going to put this chicken straw, chicken sausage through the straw. If you're looking at this on YouTube, you're enjoying it. If you're listening to it, you're going to want to see it, and I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to put this through some water. So All right. Here, Brandon, is, okay. you do this right now. And while you get your chicken sausage ready, what I'm going to do is start giving takes about Kevin Durant and what the Nets have done in the NBA. Beautiful. Because for anyone that's missed it, we've talked a lot on this show about Kevin Durant this summer and said going all the way back to when he went to the Brooklyn Nets and requested a trade, as we're getting ads for crispy chicken sandwiches popping up on my computer, Kevin Durant, earlier this offseason, reportedly asked the Brooklyn Nets for a trade. Went to to Joe Tsai and reportedly met with him in London while him and James Harden were over there 
at a Travis Scott concert and re- formally requested a trade from the team, was trying to get his way out of Brooklyn after what we know had transpired over the last year or so. Yesterday we got the news, courtesy of a statement from the Nets general manager, Sean Marks, that said, Coach Steve Nash and I, together with Governors Joe Sy and Clara Wusai, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles yesterday. We have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We're focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, building a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. Now, again, he requested that trade on June 30th. So a little over two months later, we now have a resolution to this entire saga as Brandon has now effectively drilled the hole in his sausage. He is preparing it for its entry into the water. And I I think the interesting part about this, Brandon, with the Nets is we talked so much on this show about what this precedent had been in this league. Star players constantly getting their way out of situations they don't enjoy. This is a league where, unique to all other sports, star players have even more sway and say in what their futures look like. And we had constantly, James Harden, who he was on that trip with, is the chief example in the last handful of seasons of a guy who made a situation that he wanted out of one that he didn't. And so when we saw this, and we saw the reports that Kevin Durant would, apparently, according to one GM around the league, rather retire than go back to playing for the Nets. All the little fires we talked about him starting along the way did not deter the Brooklyn Nets, who reportedly dealt with a decree from Kevin Durant that it was either him or their head coach and their GM going out the door. And the Nets stood pat. And Brandon, the thing I wonder on the other side of this is you're going to get ready to drink out of a chicken sausage here in a second, is (laughs) if this is a... Anomaly, if this is a one-off or if this is a win for the establishment in the NBA in an unprecedented wave of player empowerment and them governing how they move about the league, I wonder if other teams are going to look at Brooklyn and say, all right, you've got a player who's under your control for the foreseeable future. You've got a player that could potentially make a mess of the situation that you have in the name of getting out of your organization. You've sacrificed years and resources to make this happen. And they stood firm and did not budge. I don't know if this is more Kevin Durant and his unique personality, who along the way has rebuffed some of these reports himself on Twitter and has gone after people who he thought were spreading lies about him and his future, or if this is truly a reminder for certain people in certain positions of power on NBA teams that you can play hardball to a certain point and try and convince these players to stay. I think it's the opposite, Mike. I, I, I think... These players and these coaches are working in cahoots, and I, I know I am conspiracy theory brother, but work work with me here. Kevin Durant has a four-year contract. He know damn well he wasn't going nowhere, right? Kyrie Irving, Irving, whatever you want, yes. Kyrie, you know, or what's his name? What's his nickname? KD, the the chosen one. What what is what's Kyrie's nickname? I really don't know, but his last name is Irving. Talk- There's a G there. <laughs> We talked about it on this podcast, Mike. Anyways, um, he knew damn well he wasn't going anywhere any, either. I think it was more of an opportunity for exactly what you said, for the the, the regular, the general public, for uh, other players in the NBA, of everyone else to, to recognize that, oh, look, look at this. The, the NBA stars don't have all the power. So I think this is more of a, uh, a calculated initiative, knowing damn well that these two weren't going anywhere this year, right? 
to to let everyone know that hey hey at the end of the day sometimes these contracts do matter well so i'd say this too it makes me think back on a lot more of these situations as we paint with a broad stroke and a broad brush in the nba here which probably isn't super fair because I, i'm trying to think now and you can correct me if i'm wrong about some of these other situations certainly ben simmons and what happened in philadelphia and James Harden and what happened in Houston are really top of mind and in recent memory. But right. again, and I saw Nick Wright and others bring this up as a defense of LeBron of, you know, what he has done in his place, how it's aged relative to some of these other moves, basically saying LeBron James never forced his way out of a contract. He always signed short deals and made his moves as a free agent. But when you look yeah. around the NBA, Kevin Durant, who gets constantly victimized and taken to task for leaving to go to Golden State, leaving thereafter, did so as a free agent in both instances, unless I'm wrong, yep. right? We had Kevin Durant's recruitment in the Hamptons when everyone came out yep. there from Golden State to visit and recruit him. LeBron James has been the poster for player movement, but it's never been with this force out. Instead, I think when we think of that, it is the recency of James Harden and knowing, all right, we had the things where everyone thought he was wearing the fat suit. Ben Simmons and the 76ers were at this constant standoff for a long Man. time. But correct me if I'm wrong, I'm struggling to think of, oh, you know, I guess Anthony Davis would also fall into that category. Ending his time, um, the trade that went down, LeBron and him, I think behind the scenes. But he and was a lot willing of people to sit thought, out. He was willing to sit out, but I guess that was another example of a player forcing their way out. So maybe it's a little more evenly split yeah. down the middle because there certainly was a lot of power on Anthony Davis's side going to the Pelicans and basically saying, I'll sit. LeBron and I want to do this together in Los Angeles. You'll give me what I want. And so maybe it is somewhere in the middle on this, Brandon, where it's not as full-blown and far gone as we want to make it out to be. But it's also right. been a trend, and we've seen it happen multiple years in succession now. And so you do wonder what effect this has on other teams as they go forward and try and deal with superstars in a similar fashion. Maybe it's not even a trend, Mike. Maybe it is just what happens in the in the regular world. Maybe the NBA is just like uh, AT&T uh, or any, any regular place that has a job, right? The majority of the people that are working are – unhappy with their employer for whatever reason, but only some of them have the leverage to make their employer make a move for them, right? And then the rest of them are actively pissed off and everyone in the company knows that they're mad. Everyone knows like, okay, disgruntled, disgruntled employee A, and they stay there and, and they're there for until they retire. Well, I, would say, I, would, I would say this though, Brandon, to that is, and this is why I don't want to discount Kevin Durant and how unique he is in this. Because when you talk about having leverage, I heard Stephen A. saying on first take today, I don't think he's wrong. When Kevin Durant's fully healthy, he's probably still the best player in basketball. And at the very worst, yeah, he's top take. At the very worst, he's top two, top three. And so if anyone was going to have leverage in their situation, it's that guy. Now, we might be discounting the team situations a little bit in these. Go back to Anthony Davis and what happened with the Pelicans. That was a team that felt like it was spinning his tires. I believe the year before, him and Drew Holiday were still down there. And it had a little bit of first-round playoff success against Golden State, but not enough to make you say there's a bright future here that we need to hold on to when we could go and get a bunch of resources in return for this. 
it's, you know, with James Harden and the Rockets, they felt like they had tried every iteration of Star alongside of James Harden. They felt like they had tried to maximize everything about his tenure in there, and it was time to blow it up and start with something new. Now, you can wait and see if we think the results on that are really worthwhile or not, but all that is to say, you look at Brooklyn and the situation feels decidedly different, right? They're still in the middle of having pushed their chips all into the middle of the table, harvesting what was a fringe playoff team to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving over here. Now, two seasons into this, one of them being a pandemic season, actually two of them being pandemic-affected seasons, you could realistically, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, say our best shot is still out there. And so for us to blow it up now for anything less than what the best player in the NBA might be worth, Looking at that situation, you had, I think, clearly a less willing partner in that organization and maybe a superstar in Kevin Durant who, because we hear all the time, all he wants to do is play basketball. Kevin Durant tries to dismiss any notion that he's concerned about legacy or all these things and that he's just here to hoop and get a little bit better every day. Maybe he was an easier party to convince and say, listen, Kevin, we're not getting anywhere close to the offer and so we're not going to give you up for less than that. You and Kyrie are going to walk into a better situation as far as his availability and yours on the court than we've had in the last couple of years. And if everyone stays healthy, we're going to be a team with a real shot at this on the back end. So that's... That's all I can keep up with, Brandon. Like, you look at the current right now in DraftKings Sportsbook, the futures for the NBA to win the NBA Finals. Boston is the favorite, followed by the Clippers, the Warriors, and then Brooklyn is the fourth favorite on that one, and then it would put them as second in the East. So right now, with everything that happened last year, all of that in mind, the last two seasons, they're still one of the top four teams favored to win the NBA Finals. Yeah, but Mike, that's just because they have Kevin Durant. And I don't agree that this window of them pushing their chips all in, that they're still in it. That window is gone. James Harden is no longer there. I, I think – and also their two stars are no longer there happily. I think that was a big part of the narrative, and I don't want to get skipped, is how important it is that Kyrie Irving and <laughs> Why do you keep taking Kevin the Durant, <laughs> Kyrie Irving – that's how you say it. Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant were both so excited to be in Brooklyn, to bring a championship to Brooklyn, to play together in Brooklyn. And it was so important to be in New York City and to be in Brooklyn. And they were so happy to be in Brooklyn. They are no longer happy to be in Brooklyn. I think that's a big part of the narrative. And therefore, it's no longer this championship window for them to push all in. Now we're at the point where we're uh, – like the LeBron James Lakers, like we're just trying to get what we can while we have them. And and fingers crossed, it's a big playoff win at the end of the day, right? Like, like as all the action that's come towards the Brooklyn Nets, like let's not act like Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving haven't delivered to the importance of what the Brooklyn Nets are, just them being on the roster. Right. There is a huge relevance factor in that, which I think is also part of this equation for the Brooklyn Nets, is they have. They've sacrificed a lot to make sure that in a town that wants the Knicks to be great so bad, they're at least talked about. They at least make national headlines because of these guys. And we remember going back to year one, how close they were, were it not for injury, for coming together, playing very few games, and still kicking everyone's teeth in when it got to the postseason. That was very real. And so they can still hold on to that. And listen, it's a lot of coulda, shoulda, woulda right now. It's hoping that everyone's healthy, that now that there's no more COVID restrictions in New York, Kyrie Irving's availability becomes more consistent, that Ben Simmons is back and healthy and in a better headspace and able to give them something. Because on this team now, he doesn't have to be number two. 
He's third on the list. Ben Simmons is going to be in the easiest position he has ever been in as a superstar right. player in this league. But do, but do you? I, I agree with you. But you don't. Do you not believe those rumors that one of the reasons why Kevin Durant wants out is because of Ben Simmons? Listen, Brandon, I can absolutely believe anything you told me. With Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving at the center of this, and with Ben Simmons, you could convince me of anything that's gone on with on, inside the walls of the Brooklyn Nets. But, and I remember this so distinctly from the first year. We've seen cracks now, but in that first year, when we got to the season... We all said, all right, brace for impact. They're going to feed the sports talk media take cycle for weeks at a time. And there was nothing that season. There wasn't a peep. They went out and played ball. There were injuries that kept it all from happening at the same time, but it was largely ball in that first season. And so I'm willing to, in the last couple of years, look at a lot of what's happened and say, if I'm the Nets, this was the only way. This was the only way for you. And again, that's why I go back to Kevin Durant. We've seen superstars that would not comply with that. And so Kevin Durant and how unique he is as one of the big faces of this league and one of the big stars in this league, I think that's got to be a factor in all this. So I don't know if it's replicable. I don't know. Because again, these situations are rare. They don't happen with that many players. They are guys of this caliber that are usually capable of even going down this road. And so we're dealing with the smallest sample size possible. But it's fascinating to watch that now all of a sudden, after one statement that used way too many different fonts and sizes and capitalizations before, and then lowercase the other part that confused the hell out of me, if you've seen the net statement that they put out on their Twitter account with the boardroom in conjunction with Kevin Durant, besides that, Brandon, so nasty. It, it was, it was really visually unappealing. But this is what this is one of those things. These are one of the tea leaves, one of the uh, the rose petals that lead me to think that it's it's occlusion. It's the, they're they're working together. The, well, they, Kevin Durant knew he wasn't going anywhere. Mike, think about well, then, what's, the but Brandon, right Brandon, now. Brandon. Then what's the point? What was the point of doing all that if he knew he wasn't going anywhere? To to let everyone know. That's what I'm saying. That's where the collusion comes. It's it's to. Put this is put to put to bed the narrative that NBA players have all the power in the NBA. We know oh, it's the truth, ab- absolutely. but I think absolutely do not believe nope. that. That is far too big a conspiracy to think they would go through all of that effort that Kevin Durant would sign up Listen. to collude with his organization Listen. to show other players in the NBA that player movement is not something you want to get involved into. No, Brandon, absolutely not. Bridge too far. Bridge. This too is far. Adam Silver. I, listen, listen. I'll I'll say this. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant doesn't want to be there, and I think Kyrie Irving definitely doesn't want to be there. And I think this is the this is the world of transparency. So them letting that information out isn't a part of the collusion. That's 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 factual, right? That's that's real still. The fact that they have to be there and they don't have the power to to necessarily snap their fingers and go to the Memphis Grizzlies just because he feels like it. I think that's something that's a reality that needed to be reminded to not only the fans, but NBA players as well. See, I actually disagree on that. It's again like if Kevin Durant wanted to continue to make this ugly and threatened to sit, like he could have done all the things. There were still tools left in the bag as far as being a player who wants your way out of a certain situation. Hell, oh. we saw James Harden out there mailing it in on the court. 
showing up to press conferences. That's James Harden. But I'm saying, Brandon, but that's James Harden. Possible. He doesn't love ball. He doesn't love ball the way the way Kevin Durant does. And, but and in that I, regard, the Nets do have the you're, leverage you're, because, you're because make, they hold the ball. Yeah, Brandon, you're making the point for me, though, in that Kevin Durant is wired different than some of the other star players we've seen make this move. He's harder to predict. He's a guy that we know very little about how he moves day to day. That's my whole point is this might be unique to Kevin Durant, who did not feel like, because I don't discount how hard it is to be a player that goes into that situation and tries to willingly subvert your team's success, threatens to sit out, doesn't go out there with the guys that you've been... Like, people make that seem like it's easy. I can't imagine it's easy to show up, look your teammates in the eye, and say, man, listen, like, I, I gotta do me on this one. Like, we've been in locker rooms, and no, you, you spend too much time working too hard with these guys to just say it's easy to cut bait and run. I do not believe that. But, but do you know where you can do it and who can do it? If you're Kevin Durant, and and if and if if it's you're a guy who's whoever team you're on is at the least fourth when it comes to futures of who's going to win the NBA championship, I think Kevin Durant is built a little different. How much we don't know him and understand him. Hell, he was sitting down with David Letterman and was like, he was like, oh, do you like weed? He's like, yeah, I'm high right now. It's like. It was one of the first times we had seen so such transparency and it, clarity. It is amazing that we went from that to Aaron Rodgers a few weeks later. Like, yeah, I did ayahuasca over offseason. Why do you ask? Right, right. An unprecedented right. time. Kevin Durant, is, Kevin Durant is literally like this uh, this uh, walking example, this this Rosa Parks of a leader. Uh, okay, I went oh, too man. far. But <laughs> what I'm trying to say is monkey see, monkey do. And I think this is why this is happening right now that even when you're the biggest star in the NBA, arguably the best player in the NBA right now, once out, quote unquote, once out, he's got to wait a little. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see if other teams, if they are pressed in the same situation, will try and play hardball for longer than they would have before. I think, again, the situation the team is in matters relative to some of the examples that we've talked about in the past. I think Kevin Durant, as the star player in the middle of this, like we have both said, matters in the way that he is wired and the fact that he was probably going to stop short. But regardless, now we got this Nets team potentially coming together. We haven't heard from Kyrie Irving in a while. I saw Shams on uh, with McAfee basically saying they're not going to deal him to the Lakers. That's not something real that's going to happen. So we might just have all these guys and actually get to see what happens. But Brandon, I want to see what happens because you've been sitting there with a chicken sausage straw for about 20 minutes now, and I have not let you get and go and be great. So, Brandon, Man. for our friends in the YouTube audience here, would you like to take a sip through your chicken sausage straw? Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle. 
well here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed's scientific board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. And with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience, too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently, just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. I would love to sip some water through this juicy-ass sausage. Let me go ahead and give y'all a Ooh, look at that. It's deeply that. disturbing. You see that hole? Y'all see that hole? So is it water? It's this. water you're drinking right this. now? Yes, I'm tainting my water with a, a very, very juicy chicken sausage. I'm going I'm going uh, tip tip to mouth, by the way. Yeah, the opposite got, of what you did. Man, you got to really check the phrasing. Mm. I'm hearing some slurping. This is good ASMR. Oh, this is, I mean, let me, let me get y'all a close one. I hate you. How, so how how is it in all seriousness? Because again, a beer's got all the carbonation and flavor and hops to dilute this. You're going straight water, so you've quite literally gone into this as controlled an environment as you can. It's what I imagine natural spring water would taste like. You wow. know, like the iron from the rocks and the grout and stuff like that, like like sucking. <laughs> When you when they talk about how clean the, the, like water in a river or stream is because it goes over the rocks and it helps to aerate it and all that stuff. Yes, and you 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 taste the minerals in it. Like drinking the this beautiful crisp cold water through the herbs and spices stuffed in this chicken sausage around the casing, Mike. It's I mean I'm I'm going to repeat this like off air. I know. Brandon's just going to be chilling on a hot summer afternoon as we get ready for football season, sit back in a lawn chair and sip his cold beverage through an icy cold chicken sausage. All right, so we've tested it for you. According to the Gojo podcast, banana straw for rosé, thumbs up. Chicken sausage straw for water, also thumbs up. If you've got ideas, we are happy to hear them. At Gojo Show on Twitter. Download, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Brandon. This tastes good, man. Go ahead. You know what? It does taste good. You know what else feels and tastes good, Brandon? Getting your body right and keeping yourself in tip-top condition with our friends at Dr. Emil Nutrition. Now watch, you're talking. I can say, watch, watch me transition my way into that one as I flick my banana straw remnants in front of me here. But after you're done eating chicken, sausage, and bananas... You can talk to our friends at Dr. Emil Nutrition. They want to help make you healthy so that you can absorb these moments better. They want to make holistic health and happiness accessible to everyone here. And they've got a bunch of different great products for you to try along the way here. I've told you guys about recovery. Important to me as we're out here rising and grinding, getting ready for the season. Easy Dose Sleep Support helps get you a quality night's sleep, promotes cell regeneration, detoxification. It boosts your immune system. So that if you're traveling out on the road this year to go see your favorite team play, you got a good chance at fighting germs along the way. 
now that your immune system is boosted and taken care of here. Dr. Emil's array of natural, high-quality supplements were hand-selected to enhance each aspect of your personal wellness journey. So visit DrAmilNutrition.com and use the discount code GOJO20, that's G-O-J-O-2-0, get you 20% off plus free shipping on all orders. Again, visit DrAmil, spelled D-R-E-M-I-L, Nutrition.com. Brandon, how's that, how's that hot dog straw sitting for you? Well, Mike, I'm like, I'm, I'm really feeling good. I feel like I had a sensu bean or something. Back in fighting form, looking good, feeling good. Brandon, while they are not the sunglasses that we endorse on this podcast, did come into today wearing sunglasses that actually allow him to see better. He is much like his friend in the Baltimore Raven safety room that was quite literally close <laughs> to blind, but now he sees on the field. So Brandon is podcasting with clear 2020 vision today. And that's good because... Coming up in a second, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at a story that I absolutely need Brandon to see clearly because I am thoroughly confused. Next. All right, Brandon, before we take a look at AI taking over the world of music, maybe. Yeah. We got a response from Derek Carr. So last time on Dragon Ball Z... We talked about it in this podcast. It was everywhere this weekend, but uh, Dana White came out over the weekend on the Gronk cast for UFC 278 and said that he had helped personally broker a deal that would have gotten Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to the Las Vegas Raiders. Everyone then went running back to Tom Brady appearing on LeBron's show, The Shop, talking about a team backing out at the end of free agency when he was leaving New England and referenced the quarterback when saying they're really sticking with that motherfucker. Everyone put two and two together, realized Derek Carr was that guy, and so the media did what they're supposed to do. Went to Derek Carr on Tuesday and asked if he was immune to stories about his future as the Raiders quarterback, uh. and he said, by now, I would hope so. It is what it is. It were, I worked out to put I worked to put a deal together. Oh no, sorry, that was uh, I'm reading the quote from Dana White here. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Um, but Derek Carr, who was over the weekend, claimed that he didn't really see a lot of this. Um, he said he was helping someone in the Raiders organization dealing with a death, and he said, you know, Derek Carr, who I think scored a lot of leadership points with people over last season with everything that went down with Henry Ruggs on that team and how he stepped up and yeah. was a. a sort of calming voice for a franchise that between that, what happened with John Gruden, was really a, a kind of North Star for them in some turmoil last season that could have gone sideways. He said that this was it was a moment that put things in perspective. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Anything I say will be blasted out there. So I'm just going to completely remove myself and just keep trying to play football. It's been nice answering football questions. Hopefully no more drama in the city. Brandon, I'll tell you what masterclass and robot quarterback stuff like he has been put in the most uncomfortable situation and when we say a lot of times when guys step on themselves in the media or say something that ends up getting them to trouble we know we want real answers it's this constant juggling act that we do as a media and as a general public of athletes where we want them to give us real answers and we want them to actually give us of themselves but we also understand and you and i know this from actually being players and having to go through this in a locker room Sometimes it is a little better to 
just say nothing. And in this case, Derek Carr set a very solid brand of nothing to get himself away from this. Because he's right. If Derek Carr said something, then it's taking that statement, running to Tom Brady with that statement, asking him about that more than yeah. he's probably already going to get asked about that. And so Derek yeah. Carr basically did, if you've ever had a tweet that's gotten some like really nasty comments under it, nasty reaction, even if you went into it with the best intentions, you delete it and it cuts off the source. You're at least helping stymie some of that. Derek Carr deleted the tweet on this, and I can't say I blame him. I I hear you. I hear you on that, but I don't think it was nothing. I don't think it was nothing. I think Derek Carr believes this. And obviously he he knows he doesn't want to turn this into, you know, week four. We're continuing this bad game of telephone between Tom Brady uh, addressing who the motherfucker was and, and Derek Carr defending himself being good for the Raiders, right? Like a good actor. And I think, Derek Carr is, you know, a lot of you got to be to kind of answer these questions at the podium at times. You have to believe what you're saying, right? And I truly believe at this point in time, the character that is Megamind playing Derek Carr really believes that he's just there to talk about football. He just wants to win a championship with the Raiders. He just wants to retire in Las Vegas. And, and he knows that he has to play to earn his job every year. It seems like sometimes in the middle of the year and near the end of the year, he he forgets it when he makes those decisions that uh, obviously put the Raiders on the on the opposite side of the playoffs. And uh, but you know it's it's the Raiders. But obviously new ex- expectations, Josh, Josh McDaniels, blah 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 blah. All I'm saying is I truly do believe that Derek Carr comes from the heart when he speaks, and that is something that I had to. Uh, it was the hard knocks, honestly. It was that year at the hard knocks when, when we got a chance to follow him around, the AB feet and all the other crazy stuff was going on. I didn't become a fan of Derek Carr, but I finally realized that he wasn't capping every time he opened his mouth. Yeah, I, I think there's been a, a groundswell of respect for Derek Carr, both as a player who I think has been underrated in the last few years because they had a porous offensive line that couldn't really protect him. The defense struggled in the last couple of years with John Gruden there in different ways. So a lot of what happened with them was certainly stuff that was at times outside of his control. And he was a player that has performed statistically at a pretty high level and been able to get them through some tough situations. So I do think there's mounting respect for Derek Carr. I still don't think that changes the fact that, once again, he's in a very interesting situation with the Raiders based on what his his dead cap number is next year. They can get out of him for basically $5 million. And so those conversations are going to persist, but this one's not going to. That being said, I did see Pro Football Talk post an article about this. And I've always said one of the toughest parts about being famous is there's a stock photo of you for the perfect reaction to every headline. And Derek Carr with the faraway defeated look in his eyes on the top of that article. Credit where it's due, it's the perfect thumbnail for that as he has now artfully gotten himself away from this situation. So Derek Carr, I applaud you for your effort on that one of giving the media absolutely nothing to work with on this front when I'm sure it would have been very easy and satisfying to go out here and clap back a little bit. But um, Brandon... The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I want to get to this. This was a story you actually sent me a news article about a couple of days ago where artificial intelligence rapper FN Mecca had been signed by Capitol Records. If that's a confusing headline, believe me, you're not alone. This was essentially a CGI creation, a digital person that was rapping under the name FN Mecca that was supposedly an AI amalgamation of a bunch of different rappers, both looks-wise and, um, you know, speech flow, the the actual lyrics that ended up coming out of the song Florida Water, and then I think Speed was the other one. Mike, these these lyrics are the algorithm. Like the 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 lyrics the that's the problem with this whole thing is that it's taking the human out of it and I'm we're well, going to get into it yeah. specifically. So I, let me let me just like frame a, the rest uh, of it cuz it is kind of okay. di- it is kind of difficult okay. to understand. Okay. So a guy named Anthony Martini and Brandon Lee who are behind the company called Factory New that specializes in creating virtual music artists were the ones that came out and designed FN Mecca. It was a project that they had designed and that apparently had gained enough traction for Capitol Records to try and do what I'm sure seemed like a very trendy thing. As we see the metaverse and all this digital IP starting to take off, they said, yeah, we'll sign a rapper who's essentially an amalgamation of a bunch of SoundCloud pages. And then the real world got a hold of this one. And a group called Black Industry Professionals described this product and began protesting it online saying it was quote a direct insult to the black community and our culture an amalgamation of gross stereotypes and appropriative mannerisms that derive from black artists complete with the slurs infused in that lyrics like this digital artist did use the n-word and did you know appear in a song with other rappers so brandon as we sit and digest all this now like this obviously went famously bad very quickly. Inside of two days, we were done and gone and FN Mecca had been canceled. Like, this feels that way, but is this inherently racist, what happened here? <sighs> no. I, I would say... Well, I'll say this. They, they made this character to be culturally ambiguous, right? He wasn't supposed to be this black rapper. He just happens to look like a mix between uh, Lil Pump and uh, Lil Uzi Vert. Well, and they and, they they uh, said Takashi Six Nine. They said as much that when the creator was pressed on this and finally admitted, because for a while the people behind this were sort of operating in secrecy. There wasn't right away a very frontal right. admitting that this was an avatar behind which real people were working. And we always talk right. about this, anonymity on the internet can at times be a very dangerous thing. 
And in this case, when you have people operating behind the scenes on this that are not people of color, that are all of a sudden right. taking, and they said the design for this rapper visually, you're right, mentioned some of those names, Lil Pump, Takashi 69 like we're absolutely drawing from them as inspiration. I forget the name of the artist that they used for the actual voice. Like they wanted you to believe that all of this was just a digital AI creation, when in actuality, it took the work of a lot of human beings who... When we talk about cultural appropriation all the time, Brandon, this seems like the most distilled down version of that possible, where you're literally having a group of people who don't look like the artists that they're taking from put this together and then try and, I mean, not take credit for it, but certainly benefit it's, from the success of it publicly. Oh, I mean, the fact that this person, this entity, these uh, individuals were trying to sign a record label and continue to grow the, uh, climb the charts as an AI entity is crazy. Not only is it mocking uh, hip hop and, and rap music to a, a buffoonery level, like you can talk about how much this is like mimics and, and is similar to a lot of things that are actually real. The difference is these things are actually real. Those are actually real people. And for someone who is an AI creation to promote gun violence, seems pretty crazy and 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 uh and disrespectful so not only is it a mockery it is literally breaking down uh clout chasing to a science right like yeah. it's like what what can what can make someone cool what can make someone hit this person has or this ai character f fn mecca fn mecca in Mecca, uh, who knew digital things could get canceled, right? Currently canceled. It's canceled with 10 million plus followers on TikTok right now, right? And they try to use uh, a streamer, like what, this Florida Water song, which is literally just like buzzwordy, is it not? Like uh, motor, um, the Migos, the Migos, when they made Motorsport, they very popularly said, why did you make a song called Motorsport? It was like, we literally looked on YouTube and saw the, the, the number one, trending thing and it was always motorsport so we decided to make a song around it and brandon that is what's behind this is the fact that ai has been used by a bunch of legitimate normal human artists to try and draw on trends to help them in different ways in creating what they are creating and a lot of this was just feeding in popular songs what was trending figure out figuring out the way to like a lot of industries are, whittle down to a science what we like and then spit it back at us. It's the algorithm that we work with right. on social media every day, but trying to turn it into the actual art we consume, and, and consume instead of just the platform that delivers it to us. Right, exactly. And, that, and that's when it gets, it gets hairy because it's like, okay, am I... Am I ingesting this and enjoying it because I actually enjoy it? Or am I ingesting this and liking this because the influencers tell me to? Because I'm I'm pressured to think that because this person has so many followers that this is new and hot and, 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 and great. And I am on the outside looking in. And everyone wants to get in on these things. One of my biggest issues with this is, is the fact that it's actively putting out creators, right? In a, in a space where uh, musicians already struggle to make money in the streaming age because they're not touring and they're not uh, going out and doing things. Like, this is a cheat code. Like, uh, Industry Baby is a popular song with Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow. Both of those guys have been, um, uh, had the, the negative moniker of being industry baby people. Now, if you don't know what that means, basically it's like uh, Logic is an example of this. He was signed to Def Jam, and before he put out any real music, he was taught how to make music, taught how to brand himself, uh, and 
people frown upon that and call it now your industry baby. Like you're being packaged to be uh, consumed. This is by the this masses. is how a lot of people always think of like boy bands that were put together. And right. how that, right. like, and that, you think about, like, something and that's why like, I, yeah, you think about something like that, One Direction, when they were all on that uh, that British yep. singing show, where they said, like, you guys might go home, but Simon Cowell goes, if you guys will all come together, we'll let you stay and continue to compete there. And a lot of people may at the beginning have looked at them in a negative light because they thought they were some sort of pop creation that was supposed to just give the masses what everyone thought they wanted. Right. And that's why, and, and they've been trying to compare this, saying FN Mecca is like the Gorillas. It's like, well, it's not like the Gorillas because the Gorillas made uh, a group, a, a 2D group at a time where boy bands were in the craze. So they were trying to do the antithesis of that. So like it was, it was a lot of human decisions uh, cr created around it. And these people tour and, and are, are real in, in person. And I, I don't like the, the, the comparison at all. Well, and I, I think with that too, you knew there were people behind that. This at the beginning right. was basically trying to say, and the guys over at Genius.com, um, who you think of as the site you go to look up lyrics on, did a really good breakdown of this. And they said part of the problem was if you come out and admit there are real people behind pulling the string and there's someone that has to answer for what this thing does, then there feels like we're at least playing with the cards up. This is the opposite exactly of what you just described with the gorillas, which is we knew there were people behind that. No one thought that these 2D cartoon characters just came to life and started making tunes. They wanted you to believe for a while <laughs> that this three-dimensional digital creation was out here doing this on its own. And right. I, I, at the end of the day, so, it, it is like the most distilled down, clear form of appropriation that we've seen. Even if I can look at this and say that while I am not going to go quietly in this good night when our robot overlords come, I am generally scared of most of that technology. <laughs> the Boston Dynamics people putting out those dog robot videos freak me the hell out. I'm deathly afraid of that. I know friend of the podcast, Chris Long, has been fighting the good fight against the robot revolution for a long time. But you see creative use of AI by artists, and that is not something I have an issue with because it's still tied right. to someone who has to use that the right way. This does start to feel like the algorithm come to life in a way that kind of does feel like a weird transition point that I don't know if we're prepared for. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, they need the people that are trying to roll it out need some time to figure things out as well because they're not doing a great job of it. Uh, but the last thing I want to say on this is for people who think that we're being alarmist by thinking this is ridiculous and crazy and, and a step in the wrong direction when it comes to the future, uh, the future of music, imagine if in the NFL they just signed a kicker who had the accuracy of a Justin Tucker and was able to kick a 66 yarder and could make a new but and then you, you just rolled them out every now and then like this is taking away uh jobs because uh, shout out to charlotte uh, wilder rap game music is sports right and then and if we're using ai as steroids and this complete entity the steroid entity that's just literally online being created getting bigger and stronger the more it gets feed with buzzwords and, and keywords to and uh, algorithm whatever the algorithm sauce right it's it's making it so the real artists out there that are trying to break through can't 
right? So I, I think it's very important that we try to put a stop to this now well, and we don't have to continue to put a stop to FN Meccas from other corporations and companies going down the line. You have, like, let them well, be popular on TikTok. He can continue to be sponsored because FN Mecca is sponsored by Starbucks and Supreme. I, like, he's, he's they are making their money already. I, I, I understand that. And that's what this is. It's a money-making venture. It's interesting because we have seen plenty of inter, in, industries where automation has affected very real human jobs that is not something that's unique to just music that's something that's life True. and we're just at sort of an uncomfortable inflection point where i think we've all got to grapple with because this is probably the point where i'm starting to feel my age and look at something that i don't fully understand in the way that the people coming up under us do but it is a time to kind of stop and reflect and ask ourselves that question of how much of this are we comfortable with because you're right this first one failed it doesn't mean this is going to stop there's a whole group of these people making this stuff i will say though that when i saw this i did think we're only years away from ESPN Plus offering us Stephen A. Smith debating Stephen AI. Okay, now, now. By the way, shout out, <sighs> shout out to uh, the Dill Pickle on Twitter who showed me the error of my ways and offered me that Stephen AI. I'm not going to take credit for that. It's a fantastic name. Okay, good. It was a better submission than my initial response, but I would absolutely <laughs> sign up to watch Stephen A. debate the AI amalgamation of his own takes. Well, since we're calling out people on Twitter uh, and, and we're about to transition to a different topic, I imagine, I'm wearing a Lamar Jackson jersey today because somebody on Twitter tried to interpret me and tell me that obviously my sports takes are, are awful, but specifically that I act like the Ravens are the only NFL team uh, in the NFL or, you know, the Ravens are the only team in the NFL. I mean – isn't that how fans work? I mean, they they are like well, it, everything makes sense via how they butt heads with the Ravens. I will say, Brandon, and I will give you a little bit of credit on this one. You did when we were giving out roses the other day with Charlotte Wilder, give one to a backup quarterback for the Cleveland Browns who are in that division. So to say that you don't see football outside of the you. Ravens is just wrong. Josh Dobbs got himself a rose from Brandon Newman. Where I should have given it to Isaiah Likely. Yes, exactly. But you didn't because you were the bigger man. And we thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Brandon... You know what else we thank you for around here, around this show? Ooh, what? Is What's providing that? an answer to the question every time I ask of Brandon, do you know what time it is? If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. This, that, and the third, because friendship never ends. If you want to be my lover, you have got to give. 
this, that, and the third, cause that's the way it is. What you think about that? Now that's the, this, that, and the third. Did my clapping fuck you up? It felt like it messed you up. I was, I was, I was, you know me. I was about to, I was about to crash anyways. You know what I mean? So we, we, we can move on. That's fine. I just, I just wanna, I just wanna, I just wanna, ah, this, that, that, that. <laughs> Send the party down, the party's around. God, it's an absolute heater. One that instantly, we talk about all the time, songs that get white people going. That one's gonna get white Ooh. people going every single time. Man, I, and uh, the, that movie was amazing. Talk about the blockbuster days. I rented Spice World uh, many a time. There we go. I learned something I didn't know about Brandon Newman today. <laughs> Spice World in ready rotation in the VHS days. Brandon, someone who has come a long way from the VHS days, is our first entrant in this. Nick Saban signs a contract extension. And once again becomes the highest paid coach in college football, moving past Georgia's Kirby Smart, who is the latest to hold that option. Nick Saban signs a $93.6 million extension over the next eight years. The life of that deal would take him to the age of 78 years old. His contract Mm. increases in base comp every year by $305,000. The main part of the contract involves a talent fee, which starts at almost $9.5 million during 2022 and will increase to $12,395,000 by the end of the contract when Saban is 79. He also receives an $800,000 contract completion benefit each year between 2022 and 2025. They found so much creative way to give this money to the surest bet in college football. Brandon, every time these numbers come up with Nick Saban, somehow it still doesn't feel like enough because we are pro-paying the players and all that. We understand the, and acknowledge the importance they have to the game. No one has been as important to their institution as Nick Saban has been to Alabama in the last two decades of college football. And it seems that he is nowhere, he is nowhere close to ending his dominant run. Yeah, this was uh this is silly, Mike. I think, I think, I think Nick Saban purposely called out Jimbo Fisher because he knew this was coming. He was like, listen, guys, look at the numbers. I moved the needle, so you got to give me the money, damn it. Why did you give Nick Saban a mid-Atlantic accent? Nick Saban's reading the news during World War II. Have you heard the news? I'm paid $10.7 million a year. I'm paid more than Kirby Smart. My former assistants could never hope to achieve the kind of generational wealth that I have, you see? She... When you when you when you only focus on the game in front of you and you're and you're trying to make sure your your every down is the next most important down, then the money just comes in. It just starts printing for you. By the way, I was wrong. Nick Saban of Mid Atlantic fame will now make eleven point seven million dollars per season on average over the life what? of this contract. He has cleared a hundred million in career earnings at Alabama. As of this year, so uh, is anyone is he got an NIL thing? Like is he, he got is is this one of the trusts? Oh, I'm sure that sh- the players are going to get paid from. Well, again, this is a reminder. There's always money, as we're going to get ready to. I think have more and more play for pay uh, pay for play conversations coming up for real. Kevin Warren in the Big Ten said and talked about the Big Ten being on the forefront of that conversation. There is always money. We will always be able to find it. But again, I don't want that to distract from the fact that Nick Saban is overwhelmingly worth this money. And I saw uh, our uh, friend T-Bob Bear talking about this on volume. Like, 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people have contended that it has made college football very boring. I don't really agree because Alabama post Lane Kiffin has become one of the teams that does fun stuff on offense. They've got a really well-developed NFL offense. They've had a bunch of exciting wide receivers. We had the first quarterback in the history win the Heisman there last year. We had a wide receiver from there win it a couple of years before. So So I think they've reinvented themselves enough for, while it's certainly, no one's going to argue, and this goes all the way back to, now there was a different tenor around this with the UConn women's basketball conversation because People just use that as a way to discredit women's basketball anyway for people who already weren't watching women's basketball. They just wanted to use that as an excuse to do something that they already weren't doing. So that was kind of a bad faith argument. But it's certainly tough going into every year, whereas we sit here now, Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson are probably going to be the first three names out of most people's mouths. You can throw Georgia in there as well for potential college football playoff teams. But... There's just no debating. They continue to put the best product on the field year after year. They have spent and really shown the rest of big-time college football what it takes. There was a picture of Billy Napier's staff at Florida that got taken on Team Picture Day, and there were more people in blue polos than there were in blue uniforms. The size of these staffs and the role of analysts that Alabama has made famous over the years, the Nick Saban School of Wayward Boys where he brings in these coaches, parks them as analysts for a year, and then spits them out with a shiny new coat of paint off to make millions in a new job, that has set the table for what the rest of college football on that level now believes the standard is. So Nick Saban has changed the sport in the modern era. He's the best coach in the history of the sport. And it appears that he is never going to stop doing this. At some point, we're going to need Miss Terry to be the one to take up for everyone else. Much in the same way we've known Giselle wants Tom Brady to stop playing football. We're going to need, Miss Terry's going to have to be the one that just lightly taps Nick Saban on the shoulder, his longtime wife, and the only person on earth who can somehow corral Nick Saban, we're going to need Miss Terry to be the one to tap him on the shoulder and be like, you're, you're done now. That's the only way it's going to end. I don't know, man. I don't, I'm, I'm wondering, I don't care about Nick Saban. Like, his dominance doesn't bother me. Like, that, that Alabama team, like, in a very weird way. Maybe I'm, like, traumatized by it. But, like, you know how, like, uh, with the Warriors championships, they were all different. They all, like, kind of won in a different way debatably right like with the dynasty like I don't even think that for Alabama I know you're saying the offense has changed and and it has opened up and you're like yeah they now have good quarterbacks instead of terrible quarterbacks but still like I it just doesn't matter to me like can we not talk about the fact that Georgia beat them last like you know what I mean like I feel like Georgia should feel all kinds of disrespect considering how hard they've worked in that conference to gain respect and at the end of the day everyone's like Nick Saban Football, like I, mean, well, I was trying, to, I was trying to do a college football Nick Saban uh, uh, fusion oh, dance. I couldn't finish it. Make it but sound you know like it was like the old Tiger Woods golf game, but Nick Saban college football instead of like NCAA yes. college football. But Thank Brandon, you. the problem Thank with that, that is yes. it is they've proven year in and year out they're going to be there. And Georgia and Kirby Smart deserve a ton of credit. They got a big time monkey off their back this last year. They were close to that in the years prior when them and Alabama met in Atlanta for the national title that Tua won in the second half. But Bottom line is they didn't. Alabama's got a bunch of victims in their wake, and they are the standard that everyone else is judged by. When it was them and Clemson going back and forth, it was relative to them. And now for Georgia, it's can you do what Alabama consistently does and show up there again and get back to there again? 
And while back-to-back shouldn't be the standard, because again, that's a uniquely Bama thing and something that they've really only done in recent history, this is the standard that the rest of the sport at that level is judged by. And I, I, I understand why that happens, because we know they're the most consistent product year in and year out in college football. No matter who assistant-wise is on the sideline there, no matter who's the quarterback or the star player, that machine keeps on turning, Brandon. That is what we've all got to look forward to. So strap in, folks. More Alabama dominance on the way. But Brandon, change is in the air out in Los Angeles. Now, uh, unfortunately, Lakers fans, that has nothing to do with the potential future of Russell Westbrook and what you guys may think of that contract. But the Los Angeles Angels could potentially undergo an ownership change. Uh, Arte Marino, who was the president and has been the president over the last two decades, has initiated a formal process to evaluate strategic alternatives, including the possible sale of the team. The expectation is that it will eventually be sold, but still, this is a the end of an era, no doubt. And Brandon, this is the ultimate. You either you know go out the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Because when Marino took over this team... He was the first Mexican-American to become the majority owner of a team. He was popular because he came in and lowered beer prices. He splurged on big-time free agents. He tried to bring that in there, and they had a period of five division titles in six years from 04 to 09. And then after that, it disappeared. And now, all they are known for is having a team that's managed to squander Mike Trout and Shohei Itani being in the same lineup for two years, and Mike Trout for even longer than that. But... Brandon, the important part of this is Shohei Itani is going to be a free agent after the 2023 season. And new ownership around there gives me some hope that we may see a world where we get to hashtag free Shohei and get him to a team that might actually be able to play in postseason baseball and get to see this guy that's lived up to the billing and more since he got over here from Japan playing meaningful baseball for a team that's not going to squander him. Like, Mike Trout's probably going to be there for a duration. I think his contract has him there through like 2030 or something like that. And he's got a no trade clause. So he's probably sticking around there for the foreseeable future, but we still got time to save Shohei during the prime of his career. And I want to see that happen. Talk baseball to me. Where would you like to see Shohei play next? Honestly, like what, like you, like as a, as someone who follows the storylines and the narratives, like what is the most sexiest place for Shohei to show up? So honestly, I won't even go with sexy because obviously I think people are going to fantasize about him potentially ending up in pinstripes out in New York with the Yankees. I think people always love the idea of him winding up with a team like the Dodgers because we love to shove all our stars in these coastal elites. I think I remember when Shohei first came over here, there was another team that got mentioned in this. And based on what we just saw leading up to the All-Star break this season, what a story they've been for the majority of the year, I'd love to see Shohei end up in Seattle. Shohei with the Mariners. Seattle coming off the Russell Wilson era in football, having their basketball team taken from them in our lifetime. That city would be awesome to watch, have that kind of momentum, put together a run, Julio Rodriguez and Shohei Itani as the centerpieces for a team that could potentially really do something would, I think, be a blast. So that would be what I would silently root for in this. I don't know if it's realistic. That's for, you know, Jared Carabas and the baseball is dead guys to try and tell you the smart thing about this. I'm just going to tell you if I could window shop and do whatever I wanted, that would be where I placed him. But be, because of that, this fantasy world, I, I see him in, in, in Seattle chasing young King Griffey Jr. home runs, which got me thinking, 
I would love to see Shohei with the baseball giants in San Francisco. Ooh. Wouldn't that be nice to see him just hitting some bombs up there? Just literally just head north in California and just keep living his own life? He'd love it up there. All right. I don't even know him, and I think he'd love it up there. <laughs> yeah. I know nothing about this young man, but I feel like you'd kind of dig that. <laughs> do you like extremely expensive <laughs> real estate in a crowded city? Because, boy, oh, boy, do I have the place for you, Shohei. Man. Exciting. So Anaheim okay. or, or, or San Francisco? Hmm. Listen, it's... It, it, if nothing else, Brandon, this kind of volatility up top creates a really interesting situation. We have the recent example of what happened in Washington when there was changes up top there and what it led to with one of their star players. So I think there's some hope for most of us that just are general fans of baseball. I'm sure Angels fans are all screaming, but they've had enough to complain about in recent years. I'm sure part of them would love to see a player go and actually be able to do something somewhere if their team's not going to be able to do it. And, you know, Probably trade him next year so you can get a haul in return before he hits free agency type thing. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of us are rooting for this to happen. But, Brandon, let's get to the third. Because what I am really rooting for is the chance to go back to college. Because. Here you go. Yes, sir. You already know. The University of Texas at Austin is offering a course in English on Taylor Swift this fall. Now, the course, Literary Contest and Contexts, the Taylor Swift Songbook, is going to be offered to undergrads at UT in their liberal arts honors program this fall semester. Professor Elizabeth Scala is teaching the class, and their whole idea is to use and try and demonstrate introductory literary studies and research methods with the songs of Taylor Swift as the backbone of this. And Brandon, it makes perfect sense. You've got one of the more motivated and diligent fan bases on earth who are used to having to parse through weird messages. I remember when Taylor Swift put out the list of song titles in anagram form that we all spent days poring over. They know you've got a very dedicated fan base who's willing to come in and do the work, who is so obsessed with the subject matter that you'd be able to teach them anything. One of the big regrets of my life, Brandon, is that I went through college at a time before I was really interested in learning, which is like the most normal problem ever. We're all in college just wanting to drink and carry on and do our thing. I feel like I would have gotten a lot more out of college now, as I'm sure is not unique, you know, to me. I'm sure it's pretty common sentiment, but with this, I feel like you got a real chance to grab people because Taylor Swift's got a hold. We talked about this when um, Beyonce's Renaissance came out, that the biggest opening weekends of all time, three of the top ten belong to Taylor Swift albums. The The Swifties are built different, so... I'm petitioning for Texas to let me come and be a student in this one class this fall to take the class online, maybe. Like, I'll pub it here. We can have the professor on. We can bring Nora Princiati and Nathan Hubbard on, who hosts the Every Single Album Taylor Swift podcast over at The Ringer. We, we can do it all. We can be like the office hours for this class over on the podcast. As, uh, as someone who I've set in a class in college specifically about music and a genre it doesn't seem too crazy uh shouts out to taylor for having the longevity to be so young and still have a class taught about her but it just has me thinking about all the different artists that i could probably teach a class on or or would like to teach a class on or would go to see a class taylor swift sounds like a great class to go to to take a nice nap see this is you don't have to do this brandon you don't have to be like what you don't think so no, my, how how's that not the that case? Not, is that a, I'm not, not a slight. That's riveting. Not a slight. That's not a slight. That is a slight, Brandon. 
I'm sure I wake it up when they cover uh, shake it off, but everything else, not, like I will say, Texas State is doing a course on Harry Styles that's going to be taught in spring of 23. So, Brandon, if there was an okay, artist, no. if there was an artist you could teach a class on, who would it be? It's embarrassing. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, I want to hear you say but it. No, I, I want to see. I want to see probably, you fix your lips to say it. Probably Big Sean. <laughs> oh, oh! I didn't see. I, did. I didn't know you were going to say that. See how I took you left? I took you left with it. Not that I would enjoy it, but because you know, because I'm not going to give you the. I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of putting on this podcast here. The truth about the answer to that question. You didn't want you didn't want to say Kanye in public anymore, did you? Oh, see, I was thinking Drake. Oh well, see, like I kind of would get that one, but and listen, the Kanye one's complicated. There, I think, would be a lot of really interesting stuff to learn. That class you mentioned, where True. we talked about genres in music, we spent a lot of time studying Kanye at that time. That was when uh, 808s and Heartbreak yep. came out, which was a fascinating album, but. It's complicated now, yeah. which, you know what, honestly could be an interesting part of the class, studying the long effects of Kanye West's fame and how he merged with pop culture, reality TV, the political realm in a way that got really ugly really Man. quick. So maybe there is something Oh, actually, there. that, yeah, you actually might have, you might have stumbled on something. I definitely could teach a Kanye class uh, before he ran for office, and I just, you know, do my research uh, for, for that, for when we get to that part of the curriculum. Um but I think he might be the most interesting class. And I wonder how much Kanye has talked in this Taylor Swift class. Talking about lyrics. I'm sure it's going to come up at some point, Brandon. Um, as okay, will snakes, a number, snakes, snakes. As will a number of other celebrities who we know are part of the uh, Taylor Swift canon that's been discussed over the years. I don't years. know about that. I, am, uh, I would very much enjoy attending your Drake class, Brandon, and seeing the sign on the door that said, No Dogs Allowed. As always, as always, oh, man. we appreciate everyone who makes it to the end of this podcast. We hope it's not a class that you fall asleep in. If you like it, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review and tell us which artist class you would like to attend in the upcoming fall semester. In the meantime, we have division previews wrapping up this week. We will have the AFC and NFC East coming to you later this week. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow.